Hey y'all, welcome back to Parlay Paw with Liv and Kai, episode three. We're recapping a little bit of week eight NFL, looking into week nine. We're going to talk a little bit of trade deadline action. It was popping today. Um, Tuesday at four o'clock was the NFL trade deadline, and there were a lot of trades. It's usually a pretty quiet day, um, but there was a lot of action today, so we'll talk a little bit about that. First of all, let's go over our week eight bets. Thursday night, um, the Ravens were six and a half point favorites, and I took them at six and a half. They did beat the Bucks 27 to 22. Um, but that six and a half line did not hit. Hi, Kyla. <laughs> so that's where we fell on that. Sunday early game, I took the Vikings money line and they beat the Cardinals handily. 34-26, which I honestly thought it was gonna be a little bit closer. And I don't know, it's it is a little strange to have Kirk Cousins you know, he doesn't strike me as like the most prolific quarterback, but he's having a phenomenal season and the Vikings are having a phenomenal season. And the fact that Cousins just completely destroyed Kyler Murray was um, very interesting. The better bets were later, Sunday late game, the Niners and the Rams. I took the over on 43 and a half points and that barely hit the Niners um, beat the Rams 31 to 14 so if you took that over um, that was a solid bet that was also just a fun game to watch because I mean there is so much bad blood between those two teams and the Niners they looked really freaking good um, and Sunday night the Bills played the Packers I took the under on that, uh, 47 and a half points, and it was indeed under. The Bills beat the Packers 27 to 17. Buffalo is unstoppable, and we're going to talk about them um, a little more in just a bit. Week nine, uh, Thursday night, the Eagles at the Texans. The Eagles are 13 and a half point favorites. And that's really all I'm going to say about that because this game is going to be a wash. The Eagles are going to destroy the Texans. I mean, they're still undefeated and it's not going to be the Texans. It's going to beat the Eagles. So just like every other Thursday night game that we've had so far this season or almost every Thursday night game we've had so far this season, uh, it's not going to be very competitive because there's not a whole lot you can say about the Texans because they suck. And there's a whole lot you can say about the Eagles, but, you know, I'm going to stick to the KISS method, the keep it simple, stupid method. The Eagles are really good. Really freaking good. So, um, this is going to be a three-score game. That's what I'm going with. Easy, easy three-score game. The early game on Sunday, the Bills at the Jets. I will be at that game in NYC. Shout out to my sis for the tickets. Thanks, sis. Um, 
The bills are. <laughs> do you dis do you disagree, Kyla? The bills are twelve and. <laughs> Not like, <laughs> Kyla does not like that the Bills are 12 and a half point favorites. Um, she's she's getting a little a little doubtful of that. I don't get why um, because I think the Bills. This is definitely going to be a two score game. I mean, the Bills are they're going to be in the Super Bowl this year. It's it's hard to imagine not. I mean, sure they didn't cover the spread on Sunday. Who cares? They still won by 10 points. Um, no one's coming close to touching them. Here's where we get into some trade talk. Maybe the only trade talk we're going to do today. But the Bills, three minutes until the trade deadline, this was like a last-minute trade, the Bills acquired Naheem Hines from the Colts. Like, as if the Bills didn't already have – Devin Singletary and Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox and so many other weapons. Here, let's add a phenomenal running back to that. Let's add an excellent punt returner. Himes has had 1,725 rushing yards since 2018, which is the fifth most of any NFL running back. And he is just... He is a weapon. He's a powerhouse. He did want to get out of Indy. So that the trade itself wasn't a surprise, but I was surprised that he went to the Bills just because I didn't think the Bills were going to be looking, really. like It's not like they need any more weapons than what they already have. Um, and I was watching SportsCenter earlier today, and Dan Orlovsky was like, yeah, this is a bad idea because now they're going to have a problem with like who's on the field and they're not going to know who to give the ball to. I'm sorry. That's just stupid. Like Dan Orlovsky says some very questionable stuff sometimes. And that was one where I was sitting here and I was like, wow, this guy's an idiot. Like pretty sure you want to have a problem with who you give the ball to. That means you have weapons. Like, the only time it's ever going to be a problem is in the NBA. Like, you're not going to be sitting here as an offensive coordinator and be like, oh, I, have, I just have too many, too many great players. Like, what am I going to do with so many great players? No, no one in the history of football ever has ever thought that. So I don't know where that take came from by, by Mr. Dano, but I did not like it. So, yeah, I think the Bills are pretty handily going to win this one. I mean, the Jets, so I was really high on the Jets earlier this year, and they do have a lot of potential, but the biggest thing for the Jets going forward for the rest of the season is they don't have Brees Hall anymore, AC Altair meniscus tear he is out for the rest of the season which is a huge huge loss like he is a fun player to watch he has been leading that team in rushing yards he has over 200 more yards than the second leading receiver um, which is Michael Carter so now you're you have a Jets offense who's without its key 
key rusher. And that's going to be, I think that's just going to be really challenging for, for the Jets to build around that. And they were not active um, at the trade deadline. So they did not try and fill that void. Last week against the Patriots, they lost. Zach Wilson had three interceptions, so he did not look good. And that was against Patriots. Um, so I think against the Bills, it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for the Jets. And I think going forward, like this is the best start that they have had. They're what five and three, I think. This is the best start that they have had in years and years and years. Like they showed a lot of promise and they looked great in the beginning of the season. And they still have that potential, but I think it's like you're taking away you're taking away Brees Hall. You know, you're taking away the guy that that gets it done in terms of scoring for them. So that's gonna be really tough. Um again, I do think this is going to be a two-score game. The be the feels bleh. The Bills, if I can speak, the Bills are 12 and a half point favorites. And I think that's, um, I've seen some lines at 13, but I would, I would go 12 and a half. And next week, I'll have a special, um, a special recap of that game with my full opinion on Jets fans when I meet them um, and when I go to that game. So I will give a full recap of MetLife Stadium, which I apologize, um, it is in New Jersey. So sorry for all the people that I pissed off <laughs> saying that it was in New York City. Um, I get the Jets and the Giants confused, sorry. But yeah, full review of MetLife Stadium will be coming next week, but that should be an exciting game to watch. Okay, so the Sunday late game, we're talking Seahawks at the Cardinals, and I'm looking at the over-under. So over-under is 49 and a half points, and if you remember week six, you're probably thinking, uh, what is Vegas doing? Because week six, these two teams played, and the Seahawks won, and the score was 19 to 9. So it was a really ugly, ugly score, nowhere near 49 and a half. So how the heck did Vegas come up with 49 and a half points for this line? Well, because in week seven, Arizona scored 42 points and Seattle scored 37 points. And in week eight, Arizona scored 26 points and Seattle scored 27 points. So since that game in week six, They've both been much more proficient on offense than they were in that um, in that game in week six. A. B, both of these defenses are garbage. Garbage city. Uh, Seattle's 30th in the league, I believe, in total yards allowed, and Arizona's right there, like 25, 26. Um, yeah, they give up a lot of yards, but, but here is why I am still going to take the under on this. The Cardinals have a much better rush defense than 
pass defense. They're significantly better in that category. The Seahawks, they've got their guy, Kenneth Walker, who has had at least one touchdown in the last four games. He's their top running back. And Seattle's top three wide receivers are hurt. You've got, well, so DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they were both limited in practice on Wednesday. And then Marquise Godwin, or Goodwin, Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin did not practice um, on Wednesday. So we don't know how banged up Metcalf and Lockett are going to be if they do end up playing. I have a feeling if Goodwin didn't practice he probably will not play. Um, regardless, if any or all three of them play, they're not going to be 100%. And so that being said, I feel like the Seahawks are going to rely more on Walker. And because the Cardinals have a better rush defense, I don't think the Seahawks are going to get on the board um, too, too much. The Cardinals, offensively, it's a toss-up with them. The Cardinals, you never know. Kyler Murray can go off and have a phenomenal game on the ground, and then sometimes he just looks like an eight-year-old trying to play keep away. Um, So they're too unpredictable. But because I think the one edge that they're going to have is that their defense is slightly better, um, I don't think we're going to see – I don't think we're going to see Seattle scoring any more than 17 points, um, 20 maybe. So that's why I'm taking the under in this game. It's definitely – I think it's definitely going to be close, but I don't think it's going to hit – I don't think the 49 and a half is going to actually hit. So I'm going to go with under in that one. And finally, Sunday night, the Titans at the Chiefs. This one is really, okay, on, on paper, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a great game, but I kind of think it will be. The Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites. And I think that is being... I think that's just being mean to the Titans <laughs> um, because they they are on a win streak. You know, they they have had, I think, what is it, four straight wins. Both teams are five and two. They have had four straight wins. Granted, those wins have not been against phenomenal teams. So you can look at that, but then you can also say, okay, well, the Titans beat the Colts twice in this win streak. The Chiefs lost to the Colts. So that's like, okay, how can the Chiefs lose to a mediocre Colts team and the Titans beat them easily both times? Chiefs are coming off a bye. So say what you will about the bye. Andy Reid has a 20-3 and record following the bye week. I think 
that whole coach's record after the bye. I don't know whose idea it was to start keeping track of that, but like, that's a whole bunch of BS. That doesn't matter. Like, the team is different, who you're playing after the bye is different, what that team looks like. It says nothing about you as a coach or you as a, a, a team, whatever, about whether you win or lose after the bye. So honestly, I think the only thing that you can say about a bye week is that it does give a team more rest. In this case, I don't think it's going to have any impact on the Chiefs at all. What I did think was really interesting. So you look at some of these games like last or not last week, two weeks ago before their bye, the Chiefs blew the Niners out of the water. And what was it? I think it was by 20 something points. Blew them out of the water. And we've seen a couple of games where the Chiefs just absolutely explode. All of those games where they have won by 10 points or more have been against NFC opponents. But all the games in the AFC interleague have all been decided by four points or less. So yes, the Chiefs most of the time or half the time are winning those games against AFC opponents. They're close. Right, And I do think that the Titans are going to give the Chiefs a run for their money. The Titans have a phenomenal rush defense. The Chiefs and the Titans are one and two in the league in rush defense. Here's why. So one and two in the league in rush defense, which is why I think Tennessee is going to have a tough a tougher time than most teams against the Chiefs because their entire offense is Derrick Henley. Henley? Derrick Henley. That would be a cool name. Derrick Henry is their entire offense, right? So he has seven rushing touchdowns this season. And all of the Titans receiving touchdowns combined, they have six total receiving touchdowns. So Derrick Henry alone has more touchdowns than the entire Tennessee receiving court. He is their offense. And the Chiefs are really good against a rush offense. So the key, I think, for this game is going to be, can the Chiefs stop Derrick Henry? The issue with that is that the Titans have won the last four games in a row. Yes, mediocre opponents, sure. But every team that they play, like it's not rocket science to look at the Titans and be like, huh, Derrick Henry is their entire team. Like these teams that the Titans play, these teams know that, but yet they still can't stop Derrick Henry. He's just like a half human, half like cyborg crazy, I don't know, freak athlete. They know he's coming, but they can't stop him. So I think the Chiefs might have the best chance of doing that. And the Titans don't have any any other offensive weapons. They have the second fewest passing yards per game of any team in the league. They don't, they, they don't pass the ball. 
it don't pass them off. Um, Ryan Tannehill was out last week. I think he's supposed to be back in. Um, but regardless, their their quarterback is a figurehead in their whole offensive scheme because give the ball to Henry and he's going to go take off with it. So I do think this is going to be a game where the first half is going to be the Chiefs trying to figure out Derrick Henry. Um, I think we might see in the first half some 15-plus yard rushes by Henry, touchdown or two. And then I think by the second half, the tide's going to turn and the Chiefs are going to are gonna kind of click. Um, but it might, it might take that first half for them to figure out Derrick Henry, but I do think that they will. That being said, um, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think 12 and a half points, that just seems a little ridiculous. Um, so I would say alternative line, I'm going to go Chiefs six and a half. I know that's half of what Vegas has it at, but you know what? I really, I wouldn't doubt, I wouldn't doubt this Titans team. And when you have a superstar freak athlete on your team, like Derrick Henry, like anything can happen. So yeah, I'm going to say Chiefs by six and a half as my alternative line for that game. All right. So that is... Those are our four games for the week, and now it is time for Kyla's pick for the Thursday night game. She sees this toy, and she's just getting after it. Sit. Good girl. Good girl. Okay, so um, Eagles at – oh, don't get, don't, don't get greedy, Kyla. Eagles at Texans Thursday night. What is Kyla's pick? Kyla, you need to sit first. Sit. Okay, here comes the shuffle, here comes the shuffle. Okay, um, left hand is Eagles, right hand is Texans. Oh, she's going left, she's going hard left. Eagles it is, Eagles it is, says Kyla. All right, that's gonna do it for um, NFL Week 9, Episode 3 of Parlay Paw. We'll talk to y'all next week.